<laughs> Welcome to Dominion Sonship Live. Here we go one more time. Huh? One more time. One more time of Dominion utterance. One more time of encouraging one another in the Lord. One more time of bringing to remembrance the Word of God. The Word of God that says that God is for us. And if He be for us, then who can be against us? Amen and amen. Today's message is, again, we continue on the theme of the victory that has overcome the world is our faith. The victory that has overcome the world, the system of the world, everything that we see in the world, the fallenness of humanity, the dominion of Satan that he stole from Adam that really has been crushed under the feet of Jesus, whose body we're now part of. What has overcome all of it, all deception, all perdition, all of it, is our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today we're going to talk about victory because we're going to talk about faith. We'll talk about faith. We Last week's message was um, not by sight, and the week prior was by faith and we looked, spent some time in Hebrews 11, and uh, last week especially went to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and trust the lead of the Spirit. We will trust the lead of the Spirit as we do every time that we come together and I share that which I believe the Lord has communicated to me to speak. It always comes from a title. It always comes from a perception that I catch in the Spirit it quickens within my own self. And so today was rise and walk, rise and walk, rise and walk. Wake up to righteousness and walk the walk of faith. Second Corinthians chapter five, let's go to verse seven. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. So my walk is marked by the word of God. Why would I say that? Because we walk by faith. And faith comes, faith always comes through the hearing of the word of God. Paul calls it the hearing of faith. I'm talking about a spiritual hearing, a quickening of my inner man by the Holy Spirit to open the ears and the eyes of my understanding to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. So I can follow my Good Shepherd into that which He's shepherding me, the very call of God, the very will of God, which is a divine appointment, like I've been saying, to demonstrate the very glory of God on earth through the call of God. To be found faithful in the station where he has placed me at, to demonstrate the glory of God. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Therefore, my walk cannot be cannot be moved by that which I see. Therefore, I can't make decisions for my life based on what I see. 
It's looking bad, therefore I got to do this. It's looking really good, therefore I got to do this. We go back to what has the word of God uttered over our lives. And what the word has spoken to us is that we're being conformed to the very image of the firstborn, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that looks like a transformation from glory to glory. That looks like a mind being renewed and shaken off, shaken off the debris, being shaken off of worldliness and the mingling and the, and the compromise and these things that we have really Put aside that we know the calls of God, but you know we got to fend for our lives, and so we just we just park and we just we just mingle with the world, and so mind renewal looks like a shake up, a wake up, a wake up for a shake up, a shake up for a wake up. We're not mere humans going from day to day trying to figure out life. Life has already been figured out in Christ. We have been ordained to live the very life of God. The very life of God. To live the very life of God. That when we talk about eternal life and we think about eternity and we think about heaven and we think about the glory that we know is in the heavenly place where Christ is, well, then we can go to Ephesians and read and renew our mind where he is, we are. And so we are now from heaven living a heavenly life here on earth from glory to glory. From dominion to dominion, from victory to victory, from overcoming a moment to the next overcoming of another moment. And there will always be something to overcome because we are to live by faith and not by sight. Therefore, it's telling me that that which I see in the natural needs to be overcome by faith. Because what has overcome that which I see, a.k.a. the world? My faith. Our faith. Our faith to believe, to believe that which is written. To believe the Bible. How about we believe the Bible? But not just believe the Bible. How about we do the Bible? How about we not be just mere hearers and thus, thus, thus deceive ourselves? James tells us. How about we be doers of the word? How can I be a doer of the word? It's impossible. It is possible to those who believe. Unless our mind is renewed, therefore, it means you read your Bible daily. Unless our mind is renewed by the word of God, we'll not be able to be doers of the word of God. Because it's only through the meditation, as you put in this word of fire, as you put on the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and you allow the word to do what the word does, to bring into compliance everything in accordance to the will of God. We digest truth. And in that digestion of truth, what I call meditation, the pondering of the reality of Christ within me, that I am a child of God. 
That I've been ordained to live the life of the word as we saw Jesus live life on earth. I'm ordained to live that life of dominion on earth where Satan has nothing on me because he had nothing on Jesus. As I meditate truth, I am becoming, I'm becoming transformed into the image of truth. And that is a process that is called, that is called metamorphosis, transformation. And so when we read, we walk by faith and not by sight, right off the bat, we have to know that that which we see is not our reality. But faith is my reality. And I loved, I think it was the New Living Translation on Hebrews 11, one that I read the last two weeks, and I'll read it again, just because it's that good. It's just that good. Hebrews 11, one. The New Living is, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. Is God really for us? Does God really live in us? I hope so. Well, faith tells us it is so. Faith tells us it will work according to what is written for my life because I've chosen to bow the knee to my master in the word of God. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence, the new American of that word evidence, the proof, the proof, the title deed of things we cannot, we cannot see. So what I see, why should it move me? Why should it move me? Why should it perplex me? It's not my reality. Faith is my reality. I believe that which I do not see. I have a persuasion of divine utterance that God has spent for me in the Bible. How simple. How simple. And yet we as Christians want to read every other book but the Bible. We want to read every other book but the Bible. We want to watch anything else but read the Bible. We want to hear everyone else but read the Bible. Well, he's found in the Bible. He's found in the Bible. He is the Word of God. He is the living Word, by the way. Who is he? Who is Jesus, the Word made flesh? That is my reality now, because he is the living bread that was sent from the Father for me to eat of. So I can truly live. So I can truly live. Now, back to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we we the just, we the righteous, we the sanctified, we, we the purchased ones. We that don't belong to ourselves anymore. We that are purchased by the very blood of Christ, that a high price was 
paid for us, the very body of Jesus, the very blood of Christ. We, we who are not of our own anymore, we who daily pick up the cross, we, the sanctified, the redeemed children of God, what? Walk by faith, not by faith. I looked up that word walk. I looked up the word walk by faith and not by sight. And I have a few things opened up. I'm trying to locate it. Otherwise, I have to recue it up. So 2 Corinthians 5, 7 in the strong read, For we walk by faith, not by sight, just like my new King James. That word walk is the Greek 4043 in the strong concordance. And it means I walk. But Hebraically, it has this sense of I conduct my life, I live. So we're talking about a walk of life. We're talking about our life's walk. We're talking about our very existence here on earth is by faith. That my life, my life, is apportioned in Christ to demonstrate the word of God. Okay. My life in Christ is apportioned, made, preordained to demonstrate the life of the word of God. When we say we walk by faith, it is a life that is demonstrating the life of the word because faith comes through the hearing of the word of God. Therefore, we're making one big circle back to Romans 8 that tells me I'm being conformed to the image of Christ. Why? So I can walk just like Jesus walked the word. The word walked a life on earth that demonstrated the love of the Father, that demonstrated dominion over the grave, over death and the grave. The word demonstrated resurrection life. The word demonstrated health and, 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 and a life that is so superior to the earthly that the, even, even, even the astute Pharisees, and the scribes and the lawyers could not touch with their mind nor perceive with carnal senses the word of the living God. Though they've read the scriptures and Jesus says, you've searched, you've searched to study the scriptures, but you never looked for me in the scriptures. Because this is not a discerning of natural senses. This is not a discerning of how I feel today, therefore God loves me. This is not a discerning of an emotional experience, but is a discerning that is of the Holy Spirit. Oh, Rabbi, a discerning of truth. So I can demonstrate truth on earth. Are you demonstrating truth? On, are you? Am I? Are we? Are we, the body of Christ, demonstrating truth on earth? To demonstrate truth on earth means you are a doer of the word of God because his word is truth. And there is absolutely no compromise in truth. There's no mingling with a lie. I always say, like First John says, G John tells us, there's absolutely no lie in truth. No little fib, no big fib, no white line, no black line, no lies. 
Nothing twistedness, but truth, which is the word of God. And so, so what is he doing with us? He's breaking down in case we get a bit lofty headed. That Oh, yeah, I'm in faith because, you know, you know, I can quote five verses. The Pharisees could quote the Torah. Uh, inside out and memorize the first five books of the Bible. And here the word stood in front of them, did not recognize him. Rebuked the word of God that they could parrot. Carnal mindsets are enemies to God. Pretense, arrogance, hypocrisy in the mind that leads to actions is an enemy to God. It's not of truth. Not of truth. That word walk, for we walk by faith, not by sight, is I conduct my life. I live my life. It's, it comes from two Greek words, peri. The actual word is peripateo. So we have peri, which is comprehensive around, I'm thinking of parameter, peri, which intensifies this word, the second part of it, pateo, which is walk. And so properly we can look at this word that means to walk around, that is, in a complete circuit, going full circle. Walking in the completion of the word of God is how I perceive it to be. Walking in it is finished. Walking in the dominion of it is finished. So when the enemy brings a lie, what do I say? It's finished. It's done. It's over for you foul thing. I have been given the keys of life. I have been given dominion to bind and to loose on earth. And what I do on earth as a child of God is backed up by heaven. So hey, 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 who are you, liar, under my feet? You are. And I'm not talking about being arrogant in a saucy little way, although there is a sauciness to it. But I'm talking about a lead of an utterance that is off from above to shut down every foul voice that is assailing our minds. And it is daily, it is nightly, it is day by day, night by night, day by day. The fullness of it. You walk in dominion. Are you walking in the fullness of the word of God that is for you? Are you demonstrating the life of God or the life of the word that is in you already? Because you see, like we've read Paul tells it's no longer you and I who live, but Christ who lives in us. Or do we just parrot those little verses? Yeah, I can finish. That's Galatians 2, 20, 22. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But are we living out his life? We say yes. As we undergo transformation, as we subject our lives back to the word of God and see nothing that is of the sea to determine an outcome for me. Oh, Oh, what a fight of fate. To see nothing on the outside to determine an outcome for me because I already know the outcome. I already know the outcome. What is the outcome? What is the outcome? 
glory. What is just just we read this last week, just above this chapter five is chapter four, second Corinthians. The while we do not look at the things which are seen, the thing but the things which are not seen, there is a work that's happening. He calls his afflictions, verse 17 in chapter 4, our light afflictions, which are but for a moment, are working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory while we don't spectate the natural. Every single morning, every single noon hour, going to bed, we can read this verse and encourage ourselves. My outcome my life's end point is to complete the call of God. To complete the call of God. To walk in the completion of his will for my life. Full circle. The alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. All of it. All of it. We can, we can, we can, we can say with it is finished. It is finished. What is finished? The work that the word was sent to do on the earth. To rescue and I. To become one with our heavenly father for all eternity. That it is finished. So I'm not an earning of brownie points. Of checking little boxes of performance. To prove to God. That I qualify for his love. He, through the broken body and the shed blood, has qualified me already. I am already received in him. Never to be rejected. Accepted. Accepted. Accepted in his love forever. So I can walk in the life of this acceptance. You see, I'm accepted in him. Who is he? The word. Make flesh. Jesus. My savior. All for revelation of the word being him. Man, that would silence all opposition. That's trying to drive you away from him. Away from the word. I want to be closer to God. I don't read the Bible though. I want to be closer to God. I don't want to read the Bible though. I know the Bible. Closeness and oneness with him is found in Christ. Closeness and oneness with God is found in Jesus where we are made one with our Heavenly Father through that body of reconciliation. And so, I have a message, but I'm so apprehended to talk about this. Let's, let's go to John. Let's go to John. You know, 
We read Hebrews 11.1. 1. Hebrews 11.1 1 is, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I was reading... I was reading a book someone had given to me some time back, and it's the Jewish New Testament. And I was just reading John. I've been really spending time in the book of John, and and especially John chapter 3, you must be born again. And, and as I read it in this particular translation of this writer, uh, penning down verse, I think it's verse 11, in John 3, I, 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 just every time you change the translation, it, it, it shifts. So I went into my concordance, and I, I want to read what I read, and I want to speak about this because it's part of the message. This is Jesus talking to Nicodemus, you must be born again. In, in verse 3, Yes, indeed, Yeshua answered him, I tell you that unless a person is born Again, from above, this is John 3, verse 3. Unless a person is born again from above, born again from the Spirit, born again from above, we are after the heavenly man. From above we are, not the earthly Unless one is born again from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so then Nicodemus, Nagdemon, the Jewish, the Jewish name of Nicodemus is said to him, how can a grown man be born? Can he go back into his mother's womb and be born a second time? Yeshua answered, yes, indeed, I tell you that Unless a person is born from water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. What is born from the flesh is flesh. What is born from the Spirit is spirit. You see, we are born from above. We are born from the Spirit. Therefore, we are a spirit. That is shaped by the word of God. What does my spirit man look like? Looks like the word of God. Looks like Jesus. So what happens now? My spirit man is fully, fully regenerated. Just like him. But now I have to walk the just like him that's hid within me, Christ in me, the hope of glory, and manifest him to the world. That's where the transformation comes into play. We have to renew our mind to who we are, Almighty. We have to renew our mind to what the word of God says about us. And I'm not going to use the cheap terminology that we all seem to have used. For what is, do you know your identity in Christ? It just shuts down a desire to want to know it. It is true about identity in Christ, yes. But really it's about who I truly am. Who I truly am. He in me, the hope of glory, is who I truly am now. I am born from above. No longer I. 
It's no longer I. But it is he in me. And unless there's a new birth, there will never be a he in me. Perdition is where one is bound to, for sure. Hell is real. Without a new birth, there's no entry into the kingdom of God. Oh, you go to church, brother. Keep on going. But are you born again? You must be born again. And praise God for going to church. But you must be born again. From above. What is born from the flesh is flesh, and what is born from the Spirit is Spirit, Jesus says. Stop being amazed at my tellings, at my telling you that you must be born again from above. The wind blows where it wants to, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it's going. That is how it is with everyone who has been Born from the Spirit. We're solely navigated by God. We're not humanly perceived. I love it. No flesh can judge me. Because I am from above. I'm from above. And so are you from above. So why get so sad about human judgment? Why get so down about what they say about you? Why didn't get an honorable mention over there, over here? <laughs> the wind blows where it wants to, and you hear it sound. But you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. That's how it is with everyone who has been born from the Spirit. Liberty in Christ is our portion. That's how it is with everyone that's born of the Spirit. That's why Paul tells us to stand in this liberty of Christ. Galatians 5, I believe. Right after that chapter, in chapter 4, Galatians 4, he talks about being born from the free woman, Sarah, that represents the Holy Spirit. We are from above. And because we are from above, we live a life that is from above, which is the life of the Word, which came from above. Ha! The heavenly man, the Word of God. I pray, I pray that a, a, a glimmer, a glimmer of understanding and, and even more than just a glimmer, a reality of the word of God be impacted into our lives today. Who he is and now who the one that he is lives in me and he is the form of my spirit man. Look what he, the, the, the ruler of the Judeans, Nicodemus said, he replied in verse 9, How can this happen? My mind doesn't comprehend it either. Although I'm, a, I'm one of the, the, the Jewish leaders, my mind, I know the scriptures, but I don't understand. No, you can't understand with a carnal mind. You perceive with a regenerated man. 
through the action within of the Holy Spirit that is not separate from the Word of God, but is the very Word of God. And that's what Hebrews says in chapter 4, the discerner is the Word of God. You see, without the word being in you, you'd be tossed every way. With every way, I like her, I don't like her. I like him, I don't like him. I'm going to listen to this, I'm not going to listen to that. All over the place, and tomorrow you've got a whole different opinion. Steadfastness is found in the word of God. His word is steadfast, forever unchanging. And that is how we resist Satan steadfast in the faith, in the steadfastness of the word of God. Not in your feeling kind of brave one morning. You see, the word has made you brave. You are an overcomer already, our faith. That's how we started. We're going to talk about victory because we're talking about faith. You are brave. You being born from above makes you brave, makes you a champion. The word says makes you more than a conqueror. Hey, hey, hey. Big champion in Christ we are. Nicodemus said, how can this happen? Yeshua answered him, you hold the office of teacher in Israel and you don't know this? Yes, indeed, I tell you. This is it. Yes, indeed, I tell you that what we speak about, Jesus is saying, the word is speaking now, that which... What we speak about, we know. The word know is to perceive with the understanding that is... I'll actually look up the word before I I qualify, but let me just finish the verse. I'll tell you that that what we speak about, we know, and what we give evidence of, we have seen. What we give evidence of, we have seen. So here I'm hearing Hebrews 11.1. Evidence of things not seen in a natural eye, and yet it is fully seen in the Spirit. So Jesus says to him, What we give evidence of, we have seen, but you people don't accept our evidence. But you people do not accept our evidence. My version of that is the New King James, is John 3.11. And um, let me just find it. Most assuredly, I say to you, Jesus tells Nicodemus, we speak what we know and testify or give evidence, testify or we bear witness. It's not a translation of this verse. I looked it up. Or bear witness to what we have seen and you do not receive our witness. Isn't that exactly, isn't that exactly what we're spectating all the time? Unbelief. Because everyone wants natural proof. And they reject the testimony.
I have it queued up here. And it's, uh, maybe I'll redo it, Heap, uh, John. I want to look at that which we know that Jesus says in John 3 8. Oh no, 3 11. Is this important? Yes, it is. It's important. It's important to help us stop looking at natural things to determine what God is doing, what God's not doing. <laughs> he speaks from an unseen realm. He's fully seen because he's that realm, the very kingdom of God. Jesus says, truly, truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know. That word to know is idle, and it's to be aware, to behold, to consider, to perceive. This word properly can be translated to see with physical eyes as it is natural, but as it naturally bridges to the metaphorical sense, perceiving, mental seeing. This is a key to the expression, I see what you mean. It's a perception. I see what you're saying. This word then is a gateway to, it's like a gateway that to grasp spiritual truth or reality from a physical plane. So when he says, I know what I'm saying, because we'll continue reading, but right after that, in verse 12, Jesus says, if I've told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? And so the earthly things that, that he's speaking of, for example, the parables, are to give us a glimpse of a spiritual reality. To know him. And so there's a constant bridging. There's a constant bridging to take us into the spiritual reality. So our life, our life, our life, as they're watching us walk this earthly walk, will demonstrate a heavenly reality. So now my life is that bridge to another. Of course, only as I live the life of the Word of God. I hope that made sense. That's what Jesus says. We speak what we know and testify what we have seen and you do not receive our witness is when the word is communicating truth to us, don't let your natural limitation put a period to the end of that. But what we do is when we are reading the word of God, we are really like drinking truth by the spirit. We are receiving divine information. Our natural eyes are seeing the earthly writing, so to say, the, the writing, the, the, the letters on the page, but it's really bridging us into a spiritual reality of existence that is from above to bring forth a mind renewal, to give us this glimmer and this understanding of spiritual, of spiritual comprehension.
Look what he told the Pharisees in chapter 5. Verse 38, John 5, 38. But you do not have his word abiding in you because they were they were judging him. They were rebuking him. You do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent, whom the father sent, him you did not believe, did not believe Jesus. You search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. Some translations, you study the scriptures. You dig, dig in the word. And so you think because you dig in the word, you have eternal life. <laughs> and yet he says, and these are they which testify of me, but you are not willing to come to me that you may have life. All right. So, so often. We can just be so casual with the word. We just, we just, we just read. Read on such a shallow, in such a shallow place, not realizing we are really coming to him, to receive him. This Bible is supernatural. Everything I said is to say, this is supernatural. This is Jesus. So it's just not just the mental ascent of reading the scriptures and memorization of scriptures, but it's to come to him to receive his life. My life is hidden here. And his life is hidden me. Perfect matchup. Last week we read in Colossians 3 that our life was hid with Christ in God. Verse 41. I do not receive honor from men, but I know you that you do not have the love of God in you. I've come in my father's name and you do not receive me. If anyone comes in his own name, him you receive. How can you believe who receive honor from one another and do not seek the honor that comes from the only God? Who are you living to please? Because that honest look within and of course, the child of God, that'd be a quick one. I live for God. Will bring an attitude of submission to his word. An attitude of submission that when we read the word, we are recognizing it is a bridge, so to say, into a supernatural reality that only I can come through this bridge, Jesus, the word of God. Because that which he knows, that which he's written here, Is truth. And yet, with our minds, we can reject truth. 
Just continuing from where I read, actually. Let's go to 45, because we read 44. 45. Do not think that I shall accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you. Moses, whom you trust. For if you believed Moses, if you believed the one you say you trust, if you believed Moses, you would believe me. For he wrote about me. Here it is. Uh, for he wrote about me. But if you do not believe his writings, if you do not believe what he wrote, if you do not believe what he wrote, how will you believe my words? How will you believe my utterance, that which I say to you? You search the scriptures, he said, without realizing I am the word you're searching for. I'm talking about an inclination of the heart, the heart of faith, that is honorable towards the word of God, that seeks honor from God alone. And that when we come to the word, when we come to the word, we're coming to him. Because you see, the daily reading, if it's shallow, I believe the Bible. We don't want this statement to be said of us when we come to that place of the judgment seat of Christ. Because Jesus also elsewhere says in John, it is the word that would judge us. The word that we know, that we have read. So if we say we believe the word, let us believe the word. Let us believe what is written. So that we can hear his voice in what is written. To produce faith in the one living word. It's a bit of a different flow than what, what I perceived this morning, but that's okay. The attitude of our hearts towards the word of God. I'm not talking about false piety, false humility, putting yourself down. I'm talking about the Christ nature within us. Okay, now we're going to go to, well, now we're going to go to the message. Now we're going to go. I have a sense. Now we can, now we can move there. Let's go to John 5, 8. Actually, I'll read from this Bible. What is this about? Arise and walk. It's what it's about. Uh, if we actually maybe... Mm -mm -mm. Let's start verse, uh, verse 1 in chapter 5. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, Waiting for the moving of the water. Can I paraphrase a little bit here? 
These that lay there were the seed of Abraham. They had a covenant through the word given to Abraham. A covenant that was cut in blood of preservation, of being God's children, his heirs. But he'll never leave them nor forsake them. They're a healer. But there they lay waiting for a move of the Spirit. They lay waiting for someone to stir the water, an angel. I thought, how often we've caught ourselves as the body of Christ laying there, waiting on the move of the Spirit. When God has pronounced, it is finished. How about you believe that which you read in the scriptures about me? How about you believe what is written about me so you can hear my voice say, I'm for you. I'm in you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And look what happens here. They're waiting. So many blind, sick, lame, paralyzed, waiting on a supernatural move of God to send an angel to stir the waters. And yet they have the covenant. They have the covenant of Abraham to stand tall. And believe God. For an angel went down at a certain time in, into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, one got in, got a blessing. The rest got to wait till next time there's a movement happening. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, mercy, Lord. I can identify with this. Whoever stepped in first, when the water was stirred, got healed. After the stirring of the water, after once the water got stirred, he went in first, was made well of whatever disease he had. Verse 5. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him laying there and knew, he knew, he knew, he knows. But he already had been in that condition a long time. Long time. Whose fault was it? Well, Maybe the guy says, well, I, you know, we're going to hear what he says, but, you know, we can say maybe, well, I've been in this condition a long time, God, because you just never moved. Or just your movement was so fast, I missed it. Waiting for next movement. Mm-mm. He said to him, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made whole? Do you want to be made complete? <laughs> Our completion is in Christ alone. Do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man, no man, no one's going to help me. I'm all by myself here. I'm lonely, lonely, lonely. Oh, self-pity. I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. 
But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Someone beats me to it. Always late. But I'm here, but I can't make it. Jesus said to him, this is it. Rise, take up your bed and walk. Do you know this word walk is the same walk that we read in 2 Corinthians 5? That we walk by faith, not by sight. Rise and walk. Uh, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately, immediately, faith arose in this man, I can add. And immediately, the man was made well, was made whole. After 38 years of waiting for a movement of God. One word from God brought faith. How many words from God do we have here? How Colossians 2 that says that we are complete in Christ. Rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. That word right is, is, is uh, actually, let's look up those little words there. Let's look up those little words there. Yeah. I've got so many pages opened up here. It's awesome. <laughs> I just have to locate myself in my little. So we're looking at uh, John 5, 8. Strong's Concordance. Then Jesus told him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. Get up is wake up. Wake up. Arouse. Raise up. Stand up. In your liberty, stand up in Christ. It is the, akin to the base of agor, which means to awaken, to rouse. Wake up from sleep. The stupor waiting on something. Waiting on someone. Christ is in you already. Pick up is to raise, to lift up, to take away, to remove your mat. That mat is, of course, as we have heard so many messages on this, is it is it's a mattress that belongs to the poor, like a wrong identification. And walk. And the very word that we read in 2 Corinthians 5, was it 7? Take up, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately he was made well. So then look at that. That day was the Sabbath. Oh my dear, Jesus messed everyone's religious mind. He just, the word messes up the religious mind. The Jews therefore said to him, who cured you? It is the Sabbath. It's not lawful for you to carry your bed. Stay sick. The religious mind just stay sick. But be honorable to the religion. Be honorable to the way we do things. Don't stir things up now. Oh. 
He said, uh, he answered them, he who made me well said to me, he who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. At this moment, we can receive it for ourselves. He who made me well said to me, take up your bed and walk. Walk in faith, not by sight. Walk in the dominion of the word of God, not by your emotions. Then they asked him, who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn. A multitude being in that place. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, see, you have been made well. Sin no more. In the place of wholeness, stay whole. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. And verse 16, for this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. Well, yes, he is the Lord of the Sabbath. And he's come to do the very works of God. And so we too are found in the Lord of the Sabbath and are here to do the very works of God which are the works of faith. And so today we do what? Walk by faith and not by sight. We're done. Amen. <laughs> Praise God.